Welcome back to the Coastal Distinct Podcast. It's your boy DJ KO. I'm glad you guys tuned back into the show. Welcome to the new year. This is the second episode in the year. Last week was a great show. I, I appreciate the comments. I appreciate the concerns. I appreciate what everybody had to say. You know, this year is going to be a new year. We are we're trying to build our community, and we're also trying to build uh, not just our community, but people that's affiliated with our community, so we could push our culture forward as we try to do in 2023 which i think we did a great deal and we've made a major impact in terms of uh, what we sought out to do so much love for you guys much love to everybody that uh tuned into the show much love to everybody that subscribed to the show much love also i'd like to give a shout out to my sponsors 605 adult beverages much love to you guys i thank you guys for uh, sponsoring me through last year and continue the sponsorship through this year. We're going to do bigger and better things. You're going to see more of them, not just in Houston, but in uh, surrounding states. So much love to you guys. Also, much love to uh, Red Core Universe Digital Platform for having us on there. Uh, also extending the partnership. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Much love. So today, guys, you know, we have always have a special guest that comes on. And you've probably seen this individual probably around Houston. Oh, you probably seen her in Hollywood. Oh, you probably seen her in Florida, Miami, New York. You seen her around a lot of celebrity. I'm, I ain't talking about B plus, C plus celebrity. I'm talking about A plus celebrity. So I wanted to bring her on because I saw that she's doing a lot of major things uh, in not just in the Houston community, but in the United States domestically. So I wanted to bring her on just hear about a story because I know she had an uh, awesome story, and also she likes to give back, and she don't she does she is doing a lot in in Houston alone you know saying so we're gonna get into that so i like everybody to welcome to the show dr shatana <laughs> nelson hey how you doing how you doing doc that was exhausting i was like Ooh, let me catch a breath right you, you took out everywhere with me from this point on dr shatana how you doing man i'm doing okay how are you i'm awesome great i'm blessed uh me too we made it to a new year we did any uh any, resol any resolutions going into the new year no, for me, I don't necessarily make resolutions, mm. but I'm always striving to be a little bit better. Mm. So I'm always gauging the past year on what I want to do in the new year. Oh, that's that awesome. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to start using that answer right there. That's, that's you know, a good go one. Go ahead. Use that. <laughs> that's, that's for you. That's just for you. So look, tell the people exactly uh, where you're from. Ooh, that's always an interesting question because I'm a military brat. Okay. And it's usually like, I don't know. But I, I was know. born in Michigan, spent um, middle school years and things like that in Louisiana. And then from that point on, we traveled around a lot. Oh, I got to shout Louisiana. Louisiana's everywhere. I'm just saying, you know. Some people say this. I said this last year a couple of times. You know, I had a couple of chefs on here, and I had a couple of people that, you know, migrated on from Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I said Houston wouldn't be Houston if Louisiana wasn't involved. Well, you know, no one's really from Houston right. is what I've learned. Like, that maybe they, their parents came and... You know, no one's really from Houston. Right. It's the big melting pot. The real big melting pot. Yeah. So, so tell me, first of all, I called you doctor. You know, that's a title that uh, a lot of people worked hard to, for all their life. Yeah. How, well, how did this doctor term come about? Ooh, a lot of education. Mm. <laughs> so, um, I have several degrees, master and doctorate level. Um, 
one doctorate level, but um, several degrees. So I went to LSU. Um, other schools among my education would be Rice. Um, post-doctorate would be um, a Harvard program. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, okay. it's, just, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of stuff. Okay. So I started out with biochemistry, ended up strategy um, and seminary degrees. So it's just, it came about. I don't, I'm tired. So you, <laughs> shout out to being educated, bro. <laughs> So you got so you got a preacher and uh don't do that. My dad is a preacher, <laughs> but I did take uh, my master's is theology. Okay. Um, simply because it was just something I wanted to take a deep dive into. I didn't want to uh, be one of those people who just the Bible's great and I've learned so much from there, but I wanted to understand um, biblical terms and everything biblical in right. all ways that I could and also the essence of religion in general yeah um so no I'm not I'm not a preacher I, I grew up with a bunch of them okay but I wanted to have that knowledge right I got you yeah. I got you because you know being a preacher is okay man it know? is but it ain't for me right <laughs> so especially the news now what's got going on with the news and preachers and yikes and, uh, you yeah know, that's a whole um, other story it's just right influencers there. in general they um you know right yeah. So tell me, you got titles. So now you got to help me out. I call them PR, right? People that's in PR. But you, the title you gave me earlier, a celebrity strategist. Celebrity political strategist. Yeah. So, so break that down for everybody me. Everybody wants, this is always the very first question because a lot of times I'm grouped with publicists. Mm -hmm. And at one point I did own a PR firm that was public before I went private with those clients that you okay. were talking about earlier. So a strategist is a little bit more intense. So that's a combination of media, which is public relations, which you guys see and how a individual relates to the public. Okay. Um, but that's also marketing and scaling a brand, meaning making their brand bigger. So that may mean someone calling me to say, hey, come in, make this tour massive, make my alcohol brand matter. Or it can look like, hey, I have a crisis. I'm all over the media for doing something wrong, can you come and fix it? So it's just a little bit broader. It encompasses all things to get all things to get you to the the winning, you know, go whatever that looks like for you. Okay. So it's a comprehensive strategy plan. That's what I do for a living. So before we get into that, because we're gonna get into that, and we're gonna get to the celebrities that you work with and some of the things that you have your hands with here in the city. Uh, I wanted, I want to, I want you to tell people your story because I kind of read your bio. And it was it was kind of intriguing, right? Right. You know, and I read it, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's you know that's a that's deep, that's heavy." You know, yeah, it was very, very heavy. So I want you to kind of like kind of give the people exactly you know your your bio and your story. Let's see if I can wrap it up real quick. Okay, so um, growing up young, I was more or less a prodigy. I could um, comprehend languages and um, play instruments just from sound. Around the age of 11 i was brutally attacked mm -hmm. um and left to die brutally raped and, and left to die um and that would change everything because it would rupture something um in my ear and in my neck that would um then make it hard for me to be able to use perfect pitch and things of that sort um fast forward we would be in fort hood um my dad would be deployed and um allegedly i was just really good with a computer um, and uh, at about age 16, I had offers to probably every Ivy League school in the country. Wow. Um, and I kind of got into some trouble. I, I learned coding or hacking allegedly and, and access a system I shouldn't have. Um, and instead of um, that being a bad thing, ABC Nightline, Cynthia McFadden and Stephen Baker came. They ran a story about this phenomenal smart kid. 
um, that will open doors for me to intern for and work with people like Russell Simmons is someone who uh, would kind of take me underneath his belt regardless to what several years ago. Um, Desiree from Rock Nation, I worked with her when I was fighting for people like Ahmaud Arbery and I was running strategy for that family. And the story just go on and I would be, I'm probably the only strategist that has walked across all facets of strategy. So I've done political, I've done mm -hmm. hip hop, I've done country, I've done acting, I've done, you know, film. So that's pretty much the story in a nutshell. You know, pain is tied to the promise. Right, right. right. So in saying that, you say you're a child prodigy, you know, um, that's a rare walk yeah. in, in terms of mindset because I heard something that Elon Musk said this is years back and he said uh, I always have thoughts in my mind of being creative and you know who was interviewing they was like well that's great he's like what if you can't turn them off you cannot turn them off he said that's the that's the part about it that is not good about it because it's always create right. creativity so when a person's mind like that like yourself like is it like that it is so for me, it's really, really unique because I never like made bees or anything like that. I, I there's two different kinds of knowledge. You can be it can be education wise, and it can be just like pure intellect. Mm -hmm. And I had a combination of those things. And most of the time, I was an outcast because the old people would say, the Louisiana people would say, "Oh, they're ahead of their time. She's ahead of her time." But for me, being in a school and constantly thinking or thinking about something creative, or I see things now that I was thinking about when I was like in the third grade. Mm. Um, so it is for me though. I had a very young experience of falling from grace. When that happened to me at eleven, then no one really knew how to approach me and things like that. So I, I experienced some. I guess what a lot of these celebrities are experiencing, I fell from grace at a very young age, which is what led me to strategy because I knew what it meant, what it means to have to rebuild yourself. Because I've been rebuilding myself since I was the 11 year old girl that had the tag mm. of just the victim. Right, right. Right. So I absolutely understand what he's saying. So imagine that and not having anyone to go to or parents who probably weren't as successful or had as much money as Elon's parents did so they could get him things to do. I, you know, I'm an African-American little black girl. Right. So for me, it's like, my mom like, figure it out. He go paper and pen. That's the best I can do for you. You know what I mean? How do, how do, all right, so how does a person, like, kind of not get through it, but manage or, or navigate through what we call meteorocracy? Because it's like you have a, a mind, like your, your brain is not normal. Not not in a bad way, but it's not normal in in a like everybody doesn't think where you think. Okay. You think and say you think outside the box. You color outside the lines, right? Mm -hmm. And that might be normal for you, but everybody else want to color inside because that's what they're told. Okay. So how does a person like have a like live like that through their teen years, then through their adult years, and now as a professional? So I believe that everybody has something inside of them. Okay. You may be the best barber, you may be the best cook, you may be the best person to speak to people, or you may be like me to have thoughts like me, right? Um, I believe that everyone, no matter who you are, you have to find whatever it is that's inside of you. Okay. And I think that ultimately opens doors and thought processes and it puts you outside the box because no one can operate in your lane like you can. And I think that's what put me outside the box. It's my brain for me. But for someone else, it may be, they may be the best cook that ever came and they're running away from it to go and work at a regular job because they feel like it's not good enough. I think everyone has a lane that they can operate outside of the box in um, and that they can be better than everyone else in. That's my personal opinion. Now, how do you navigate that? Um, I do a lot of life coaching. Mm. Um, 
one, you got to know who you are. You got to know who you want. And you got to know where you want to go. Mm, know who you are. Know what you want. Know where you want to go. But you got to talk to yourself about that. Okay. And a lot of us don't do that. Like self-awareness, basically. Yeah, like who am I? Like who am I right now? Okay, I don't like this version. I want to be that version. Okay. And you write it down. And then you make steps to get you to that person. For me, like, here's um, transparency. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so heavy now. I, I used to not have this weight. And maybe that's physical, but it's important to me because it's health, right? Okay. So how do I get there? I knew I had to implement some things. I think that that's what every human can do. Personal opinion. But I think that's how you work through it. You look at who you are, mm -hmm. you know, what you want and where you're trying to go. And then you say, how do I get there? And I think that'll pull you outside of that lane of mediocrity. Well, all right. So it's not pushback. It's kind of we saying the same thing, but because all right. So uh, one thing that I notice in my journey, in my walk, like say in therapy, because I'm in therapy also. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I realized that before I realized where I'm going, I had to acknowledge, like you, I had to acknowledge what was going on right what was mm -hmm. say i can say the issue but what was present right right and who was creating that right which was me right. so i had to realize that self-accountability that's big right was mm -hmm. a was a thing that i needed mm -hmm. and i had to possess it right you can't have that without self-awareness too so and that's what i was going because a lot of people are not self-accountable yeah they, they don't know how to be especially in our culture because yes. we're not really taught to be um and it's something that you do have to be taught because it's a level of emotional intelligence you have to reach in order to hold yourself accountable and to be self-aware. And you don't know if you don't even know how many emotions there are, right? You, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm angry. That's all we know. You don't know that maybe um, depression is sadness. Mm -hmm. And you don't know because d depression is a luxury that African-American people in the hood don't get. Correct. We can't. Right? We got we to gotta work. We got to So you carry that into bills. adulthood, especially men. And I think my biggest thing right now, I've been what I've been preaching per se, uh -oh. is winning wounded. And I tell everybody that all the time because the thing about it is, none of us, um, none of us are exempt from wounds, whether they're big or small or whatever it is that you're going through. You're going to have the wounds. You got to win wounded. And a lot of people don't understand that concept. That just means that you probably did something in the day that you have to acknowledge and say this was a win. It could be the smallest thing. I got out of bed today, and three weeks ago I couldn't get out of bed. You won wounded. Right. And when you when you start talking to yourself about winning wounded, then you start dealing with that self-awareness and holding yourself accountable. Well, today, I don't feel like I had any wins. Well, why not? Well, because I didn't exercise anything or look at me to figure out how to get there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, I guess we are saying the same thing. It's just a process of winning wounded and just moving. OK. So, OK. All we could say progression versus movement. Progression is very important versus movement. But if all you have is movement right now, move because eventually something's going to shake. It, right. it can be like a baby step. So people all the time say, if you just moving, 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 and nothing is happening, if you move enough, yeah. something's going to happen. Eventually you're going to progress. You're going to bump into somebody, you're going to do something, some progression has to come. So I think in our community we have to start acknowledging wherever you are, it's okay. Okay. So if you're just moving and you ain't progressing yet, you're trying to figure it out. You're doing something to get there. Do something. I got you. I got you. That makes sense. So let me know when your first trial sermon is, right? No, no, no. Shout out, to the, shout out to the trial sermon. <laughs> we, we're going to win wounded, guys. We're going to win wounded. Remember that. Winning wounded. <laughs> so look, let's fast forward a little bit. So in saying winning 
winning wounded, you also you do a lot of uh, philanthropy in the city. Yeah. Right. Could you talk uh, about that? Yeah, so I do a combination of different things. Um, my focus this year, though, is literacy for kids. Um, in the past, what it's been is I've traveled across the country, outside of the country, and I've um, tried to help Samaritans feet give out the goal of one million pairs of shoes to kids worldwide. Um, I've been a part of helping Ricky with uh, Feed Your City, where we went into communities where we had the elderly um, and they needed food, and we gave them food, and we gave them PPE. Um, for me, my thing is to try to do something as often as I can for communities. Mm -hmm. Often for me, that looks like at least two uh, times out of a month, rather that's feeding somebody, giving them shoes, or helping with mental health. When I worked on the civil rights sector with Lee Merritt, I had those big cases that I had to work with him on um, from the Maude Arrears and the George Floyds yeah. and all of those. And I think the biggest thing, I think I learned in the civil rights sector when I was fighting for those people, um, and shout out to Rock Nation, they, did a, they, they helped me do a lot there, um, was mental health was really important. Yes, yes. And no one was acknowledging it especially men, because that's who we were seeing being slaughtered, and some of them were having mental health breaks versus um, some of them left behind men who now had to step up into roles and they were having mental health issues. Yeah, that's a big thing, mental health. So mental health is big for me this year. It's so that's, those and are black my things. men, especially. Mental health and education. Yeah. Those are my things. So when, when, so when, you, when you give kids a million shoes and when you feed certain people, are you giving um, – uh, civil rights to certain individuals. How does that make you feel? So my, my most exciting thing to do is Samaritan's Feet makes me feel the most fulfilled because we actually, um, when parents allow, we wash the children's feet, give them new socks and wow. put on shoes. And I've had kids look at me and say, I never had a new pair of shoes before. I've always had hand-me-downs or I've taken shoes off a kid's foot where the soles were coming out. Mm. Um, that's impacting me very deeply in, in ways you know how your trauma follows you right. being that victim follow me but also being able to impact people have followed me i think it's made me a lot kinder i think it's made me so much more aware and it's made me grateful mm -hmm. and i think that is attributed to a lot of my access to be able to have that gratitude when i worked in civil rights i worked in it for a really long time it got too hard for me and i realized that my mental health meant i need to step back for a little bit still in contact i think lee had like 30 plus of the 40, 50 victims across the United States. Yeah. So I've touched, if they were killed or something happened, I've been in contact with that family probably at some point wow. right, to help them with it or whatever. I think that impacted me in a, in a deep place. Um, and I think I had to, I, I could work it, but it made me realize I had some issues still from, from my victimhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so every, everything that I do, when I go in and, and I feed people, is always really exciting because it's usually the elderly and they don't have help and they're forgotten. Um, and I hope that me giving just a little bit back means someone finds me at some point when I need it. So each each experience, no matter what I'm doing, affects me differently. I'm excited to get into literacy this year. I want to um, give out books and do book clubs across the country and just give out books to kids in communities who don't don't have them. And I don't yeah. know how that's going to impact me, but I'm excited to see what that'll feel like. But that's good because you, I'm going to give you a real stat on literacy. Let's go. So the, the stat right now that and literacy in our black kids between the ages, I'm gonna use the grades. So between the ages of fourth, third grade to seventh grade, right? Most of those kids, I think 58% of those kids are reading on a grade level below. 
Yeah, especially after COVID. So now literacy for those kids are important. And I'm not saying just kids. I'm saying black kids. Yeah. They were reading, like, below their grade yeah. level and uh, 58%. So that's a lot. I mean, you can't do anything if you can't read. You can't do math. You can't do science. You can't do anything because at some point those change to word problems. So you're already at a disadvantage from yes. the beginning. Right. I can't wait to impact that. I want to see a, a large impact when it comes to that because I think that's why we're so far behind. They say black women now are the most educated beings on the planet. Yep. Um, yeah, because usually with little black girls, we had books. You know what I'm saying? The boys had to be outside helping, doing mm-hmm. whatever they were going to do. We had, like, the books. I attribute that to literacy. I want to be in the communities. Um, I want to be boots on the ground affecting literacy. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And to, and also to go back to what you are saying earlier about about uh, how you was giving in certain capacities, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to give you a scripture from the Bible. I'm going back to my church days. Let's go. You ready? Right. It says that. I'm talking to the church girl with the Bible. <laughs> that is, right? I call myself a street a street uh, preacher. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? So, you need them. <laughs> so it's, 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 a, it's a principle in the Bible. It says, give, mm-hmm. and it shall be given. Mm-hmm. So, right? So when you say you was being impacted by seeing the shoes, giving, washing the kids' feet and giving the shoes, mm-hmm. you was being impacted by you giving. That's right. And it was given back to you, like in that. That's grateful right. way you know yeah. what i'm saying i think that's how i find my path i think going back to what we were talking about earlier when you're talking about people feeling like they're mediocre or they can't get outside of anything if i could tell you anything to do to get you somewhere else go impact someone and yeah. it can be the smallest thing ever because i don't think we ever really figure out who we are i think mm-hmm. we're always becoming no matter what i've accomplished i still have the same moments everyone else has when i feel very normal yeah. have imposter syndrome feel like I'm not going anywhere. I backslide on whatever it's going to be backsliding on. I think we all go through that. And I think if we start having those conversations with the people that we think, you know, have completely made it and they, they've hit that success level, I think it'll be very good to help people who feel mediocre or think they're mediocre get outside of that and figure out whatever it is for them. Like I'm always becoming. So, yeah. So in therapy, they teach you, they teach you about healing, right? Right. So, of course, we think in our community, we think that, Healing is a is a is a start and end point. Yeah, it never stops healing. It never stops. Yeah. Because you're gonna always go to another level. Right. And you always wanna need to be healed from that level. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So healing is a for everybody that goes to therapy and everybody says, Oh well, it's I'm a trying cycle to become that a, never stops. It's a it's a continuous process. Your journey is a continual process. Because you never go if you stop your journey, you that mean you you pass, right. you did. There's no such thing as the journey stopping. You got to keep going. It always keeps going. That's right. I tell people this. Um, I think I saw, maybe Tom Cruise said it, or maybe um, Tom Hanks. He was just like, if things are good, this too shall pass. If yeah. things are bad, this too shall pass. Got all the money in the world, mm-hmm. this too will probably pass. That's right. You broke, this too will pass. Re- regardless of where you are and whatever you're doing, the one thing that we all have in common is it's going to change. Yes. The pendulum, the pendulum will always swing. It's That's always right. going to be... Yeah. Here, at its most, but it's going to eventually get to this point. Develop the skills, um, the ones that you need, the health ones to help you cope and help you get through the hard things. you got to expect it. you got to expect that if it's all bad, that something good is coming. And if it's all good, that something will come. But I'll handle it and I'll move past it. Right. I think when people start the process like that and they just expect it, they embrace it, mm-hmm. and then they move forward, right. I think we're in a much better position. That's right. Yeah. 
Okay, this is I lost. Okay, I see you. I see you, Doc. All right. That was a shout out. Shout out to the knowledge and information that we've given over here. Hey, look, I start quoting them real quick, but do what you got to do. But so I want to I want to fast forward and I want to uh, talk about your your strategic strategic celebrity no celebrity political. Strategist. Okay. All right. I said that right, right? You did. You okay. Did Shout out to the you. all right. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about some of the people that you work with. Ooh. So it'd probably be easier to talk about people I haven't touched. And mm. I know that sounds insane, but so when you come um from the world of hip hop and then you have the Cynthia McFadden's, which is who owns the sector for um, media and news, yeah. and then you also go over to civil rights, it'd be, you could probably name people, and I'd probably be like, yeah, in some capacity, or we did this, or we did that. I've been really blessed to work with a number of people. Okay, so if I say 50 Cent. Yeah. So you work with 50 Cent. Fifth's my favorite. His so camp's my favorite. Because I'm going to say the people that's affiliated with Houston. Okay, let's go. That's Come it. On. Either they live here or they have businesses here or they always here or they always talk about it or they always spot it up here somewhere. I did Tycoon for Fifth, actually. Okay. The big um, thing that he had for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And anything else. Um, Russell is actually who linked me in Fifth and was like, yeah, you know, y'all need to work together. Um, yeah, Fifth, yeah. And waiting to see what's up now. What, what we about to do Okay, now. so 50. Yeah, always 50. Uh, Drake? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've touched uh, quite a few things with Drake, um, his team in general. Um, yeah, I've done Drake. Jay uh, Prince? Yeah, yeah, everybody knows that. Everybody's right. always like, you always with Jay Prince? And I'm like, I'm not always with Jay Prince, but um, Jay Prince actually um, found me and had me to come and sit down with him, and we worked on the Larry Hoover case together. Mm -hmm. um, and anything James has called me for, uh, we do. I was just with James maybe like a week or so ago at okay. 50 Years of Hip Hop. I was I got to present him um, the icon honor for all he's done throughout the community. So wow. Like that. Actually, I thought she was Jay Prince's daughter. Everybody thinks that. Why does that? <laughs> I honestly thought that. <laughs> Why do you think <laughs> Well, one, outside of social media, like every time I see Jay Prince, you're with him. <laughs> Everybody is like, I don't. People really think that. That's so funny to me because because I saw. I thought your name was Elias. Oh my God! I'm, I'm grateful because <laughs> he's. Yeah, I get that. Often they're like, "Hey, that's Jay Prince's youngest daughter." Yeah. Because like, you always with him. Man, if he's James, does so much to impact the community, so it's easy for me to pull up when he's doing something. You know what I mean? And. I'll be very honest. He's been very welcoming um, for me. He's been very kind to me. Um, I just I've never had an issue with James or or the crew. Yeah. Rap a lot in general. Like I've I remember I was going to an event and I hit him up and I was like, James, are y'all going to this event? And I don't want to go along. And he sent um, one of his security guards to come with me. And then he we flew to Atlanta and went to the Shakur Stevenson's fight. You okay. know, like I mean, James is just like the kind of person, the loyalty when you're in the family, just you're in the family. So yeah, everybody. Yeah, he, he you know he connected everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about well, you already said Lee Lee Merritt. Yeah, Lee Merritt. Lee, they don't realize Lee is a celebrity. Yeah, definitely. Because I was with, I was with, and I'm, this is a shameless plug. I shouldn't even say this, but I always say you're shameless plug. I was in Atlanta two weeks ago with uh, for the Celebrity Bowl. Fam, you played. Yeah. 
Howard University. And one of the sisters, uh, shout out to Keisha over there in Atlanta, she uh, had uh, Benjamin Crump in her suite, because you know Benjamin yeah. went to FAMU. And I was talking to him, and he was like, yeah, man, me and Lee, we partnered on a lot of stuff. And yeah, I was like, partnered on a lot of cases. I didn't realize that until I started working with Lee. Yeah, and I realized that between those two guys, yeah. they touch, if not all, 95% of all. 99%. It's very rare. If they didn't touch it, then someone consul they consult on the case. Yes. Um, another one is Justin Moore, too. Justin okay. And Justin A. Moore. Shout out to Justin. He's actually running for office right now. Um those three guys they're really boots on the ground mm -hmm. yeah, yeah they are yeah, yeah. You, so you know uh andrea the, the the odoms group andrea odoms she's his pr oh that's who's running pr for lee so yeah. i don't when i left that's who came in and started doing pr for lee mm, yeah that's... Um, so when i was around lee didn't have a publicist he had me okay i was all things me and a lady named susan and then it was mentally draining for me, and I stepped. I mean, he can still call. They can still call. Um, after we did a few things with Rock Nation, they funded some nonprofits and stuff like that. I started helping the families open up nonprofits okay. and to get grant money and money. I yeah. kind of switched to that side because the cord and the craziness was heavy. We did the United Nations um, conference together, me and Lee. Okay. Um, and that was probably one of the last things I did when we went before the United Nations and said, hey, look, we need something to happen in America. Um, and then I just, you know, kind of veered off and I started dealing with 50. Right. It was 50 who did it. I was like, I need some fun in my life. So I started <laughs> <laughs> I started doing uh, more things in, in that sector. That's good. That's good. You have a, you your, your life story it's one of those that like you can't write it out. It's like, no man. If we can figure it out, we're gonna put it on TV. It's Some like you have a blank sheet of paper. Yeah. I see a blank sheet of paper, then just you just scribble on yeah. it, and stuff is yeah. just happening. Even to this point, from this day on, right? I still see. It. I'm like you still a blank, a blank slot, and I think that you know. Uh, Dr. Nelson and Costly Distinct, we're probably going to do something in the future. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? People, I'm 34. People don't realize that. They okay. they don't realize I've been in the industry since I was 15. Like, I've been mm. doing strategies since 15. Wow. So a lot of people always chunk it up to, oh, she's, you know, and then people be like, wait, you're what? When did you, you're just. You've been doing this, right. 34? And you oh have connections. God. Yeah. A lot of connections. So how does a person. Uh oh. And this, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going. I don't know where it's going. You know what I mean? <laughs> because, look, because, all right, so dealing with, well, one, just talk, dealing with the mindset. You have the mindset, and, and that's one. Then dealing with these individuals who have, who have a, like a lifestyle, of out, open lifestyle. And how does a person maintain a personal life dealing with all this stuff? Um, there are some times where I am maintaining the personal life. There's other times where I'm failing horribly at it. Okay. Hence my dating life. They'd be like, I want to date you. I'd be like, you want to until <laughs> you right. realize that I got to fly across the country or you got to fly across the country because that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm on the set or, you know, I'm working on the case or whatever I'm doing. Um, but this is what I learned. I've learned to take time to pause for what is going on personal, whether that is family, whether that is just the spa, whatever mm. that is, I've learned balance because my job is unique and it's, it's fun. It's culturally distinct, hey. but it's heavy. 
Um, and it comes with a lot of responsibility. So I've learned to carve out time regardless and to set really strong boundaries. So if I say I'm going home at 10, I'm not going to answer, the world could catch on fire. Mm. I'm not going to answer. Right? And people are learning that about me. And, and it may be like I leave you at 1130. I'm leaving at 1130. You will not hear from me again until 9 o'clock in the morning. I need to decompress. I need to do this. And they know that and they respect it. And I think that's why I keep clients. That's why I have the reputation that I have because, you know, they know that. And they will literally be like, they'll, have you ate? Did you go do whatever? Because that's the energy I'm going to carry, right? Mm-hmm. So when I see whether it's a rapper, politician, or just, you know, anyone, you know, you could be a doctor, lawyer. I work with everyone. Um, my first question is to you, how you feeling? Mm-hmm. Where you at mentally? What's your soul feeling like? Have you ate something? Right. That's what I want to know. When I come into the room, I can come into the room and it's a crisis. You have messed up and it's some horrible happened. Those are the first things I want to know. Where are you at in these spaces? Mm. Um, and I think everyone around me carries that. And I think that helps with my personal life as well. But that's good. You said you use the B word, boundary. Yeah. A lot I, of people I, don't know how to use that, especially in, in your field of work. Yeah. Because they think that when that phone rings, you're like disposable. You're like you go, you could be sleeping, and they like, yo, I need you to book a flight. Like now, help me out because, but you say you have boundaries. So a few years ago, the guy that I was uh, with, that I thought would be my soulmate, on Valentine's Day had this crazy stomachache. We took him to the hospital on Valentine's Day, and two weeks later, he would be dead from cancer. Wow. And I remember. I'd been so busy, and I remember sitting beside the bed, and he'd made up his mind. Mm-hmm. He knew that I, he wasn't going home. And for me, I needed him to go home because I hadn't necessarily gotten the time in and to, to do what I needed to do. Okay. Right? Ironically, he was 34 when he passed away, and I'm 34 now. Mm. It's 2018. Um, and I remember him telling me something interesting. He was like, I'm going to die, but I want you to be okay but I want to be sure that you know how to take care of yourself from here because mm. that's important because I do that now. Right, right. You got to do that. And I remember um, his funeral because I had it before that my cousin who was actually raised as my brother had died when we were 25 randomly, right? So I'd, I'd, I've suffered great loss. So my brother who died at 25 on his birthday, the day after his birthday, driving home, and then a few years later, the person that I thought I was spending the rest of my life with, like, see, we can't argue like a lot of people can. You know, you break up or whatever. I didn't have that. And I think those two, and then I've, I've had a friend actually commit suicide, put me in a position where I felt like, and now I get religious, where God said, listen, so now you got to make a decision because you right. can't live the way you're living because you're so broken. And I can't put more on you than you can bear. Yeah. So if we get to that capacity, now I got to do something because I don't lie. I'm God. Correct. So if you don't fix you and you don't get to a place and allow me to heal you, then you die too. Right? And I made promises to myself and I set boundaries with myself first and then with other people and I started exercising them and I realized the relationships were healthier. Um, they last longer. The mm-hmm. business was booming better because those things were there because you get bitter when you don't have right. boundaries. You get annoyed when you don't have boundaries. Right? So I've learned... Um, like, I think Lauren London says, sitting on the front row, watching the person you're with die, it's different than anything else you'll ever experience. I stand beside that. I'm with her on that. And I think that taught me to appreciate every single day, every moment, and to take care of me and to set those boundaries. Wow. That's, that was heavy. That's, that's good. Yeah. Do you ever get time to like to cry? 
Oh yeah, I make I make time. Oh okay, but say man, cause geez, you I make time. And you suffer great loss, and and you know, and you know, some people say you become numb to it after it's so consistent, but still, though we're human. I think I was with my brother because we were so young; we were eighteen months apart. It broke me when it happened, but I I hit a sense of numbness, and that's when I met David, which is who would pass away. And he would wake me back up, and and I'm and he would tell me things like, if you can't experience pain, you also can't experience the love of it. So now you got to make a decision. Cause he was I got older you. Than me, you know. And he's like, so you got to make a decision. What's it going to be? I'm still not great with that because I am a crisis manager. I am a strategist. My whole life is about getting to the next level or right. figuring it smooth. out. Smooth. So I yeah, yeah, it's or smoothing it over like. Olivia Polk's a uh, she's a joke compared to what I you know what I'm right, saying that's right. what people would say. So for me, I had to get to a point where I had to feel human emotions, which meant that's this therapy session where there are other emotions I had to explore the therapy wheel. My therapist used to be like, "How do you feel?" And I'd be like, "I'm angry," and she's like, mm, "Find something else. You're not." Well, I'm disappointed. Well, there's, that's kind of like anger. Well, I'm I'm shame. I'm you know I'm shame of this or right. whatever. And I had to really work through those problems, and then I could cry, and then I could deal with it in yes. healthy ways. Because before that, yeah, I just Worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I'm because I'm thinking about what you're saying in terms of on the therapy side of it because therapy, you know, they they, they don't kinda, care about none of that extra right. stuff. They there for one thing only. They to, get straight to the to point. Dig deep. Yes, yeah, right. right. Yes, right. And that's why I encourage therapy for absolutely everybody. Absolutely. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you think you got it. How much money you got. Everybody Trust should me. take therapy. Everybody's because everybody has yes. issues, and everybody who want to get all this money understand it come with a whole different kind of issue. Yes. Yes, that's that's real. That's real. You better be about it. You better learn your lessons at the. I tell, learn your lessons in the stage that you're in. You gonna need them. Yeah. You can skip them if you want to and get to a point. It's rough. Learn your lessons on whatever level you're on. Learn to be okay with wherever you are. Is something there you need to see. Mm-hmm. Embrace that and take that. Because when you get to the next level, you'll be like, looking back on how I handled my brother's death when David passed away. I had ways to cope, healthy ways. Yeah. And I wouldn't have said that a few years ago. But now looking back, I'm like, you know what? I had a process regardless of if I knew it or not. And that kept me alive. And not that I was suicidal, but I'm talking about when you have such the kind of grief and experience that I have, your heart will stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with that, absolutely. And then people get depressed. And then if you don't have a, a, a network or a team of people around you that – either handle that or knows how to handle that or a therapist or somebody that you know Something. that's trained to do that or a pastor or good friend you're gonna be like you're gonna be in a downfall spiral right for a long time i was the only one in denial thank god for all the people that was around me i was like no he's gonna go home and everybody runs like no it took him to look at me and be like look at me yeah like i'm not going home i don't leave this hospital like i need you to look at me and tell me right that you comprehend i'm not this is it for me. Like, mm-hmm. everything is failing. He shouldn't have even been able to talk. He was in that amount of pain. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I don't even, I'll never want love again unless it's like that. Ooh, that's heavy. I'll never want yeah, it again unless it's a sacrifice <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, you can be in that amount of pain. Yeah, and still. Well, you probably, you know what? I look at stuff like that. That probably was a message from God. Absolutely. It probably wasn't him. Absolutely. But that's ultimate love, though. 
ultimate love is ultimate friendship is ultimate love with the divine if someone can't love you the way god gonna love you you probably don't want them that's heavy and that's the problem because we carrying around all this stuff and we bruised so when love really come we don't know what to do Uh with it i don't want it no more if it's not like that right um (laughs) come on man i just (laughs) i don't want it if it's not the way that god loves me i need it like that because mm. I'm real broken, I'm real messed up. I'm gonna make some mistakes. You gonna make some mistakes. I need some unconditional. We gonna walk, work through it. We gonna talk through it. Somebody gonna lead somebody. Like I need that. Yeah. I need it to be like the way that God loves me. Cause ain't nobody ever loved me better. Yeah. So if you can love me like that, Hallelujah. I might be okay. But if you can't love me like that, I'm a little bit nervous. Cause I'm a little bit broken. I got some traumas, and you gonna come with some. Cause yes. that's life, right? Yes. So it's got to be something that even when things get real, real crazy, you got to love me like God. And I mean it on all levels. I need you to know, let me go to the Bible because she's tripping today. What is Because <laughs> I'm hurt. Oh, you understand? Yeah, yeah I got you. Know you know what I'm saying? Um, I know my folly. I need him to know his folly. And I need him to have a source to go to. We can't just go by what the world, everybody knows something now. Right. I need a source of something, right? So literally and ultimately, yeah, I need you to have, I, you got to have that because I've experienced great love. And once you experience great love, you'll lay alone before you experience anything. I, I tell you. people that all the time. The only people who like bouncing and not really is, it's the people who ain't got it. Cause once you get it and you feel it, you, a joke will walk up to you and be like, I can tell by the way you walk, kid. <laughs> This ain't gonna be you, right. You ain't you ain't having it. Yeah. You want to call me sometimes because that's <laughs> all we. This is not it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's what it was for me because we were dating for quite some time. But I mean, the first three weeks he was like, I was like, what's wrong with you? He's like, I'm in a marriage. You ain't. I? You know what I'm saying? Because mentally, for a man who's led and know what knows what he wants and how he loves, mm-hmm. he knows. Where is he from? Here. Yep, South Park. Okay, from the hood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, before he changed his life around, glory to God. Just, <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, you know you got You need a little bit of all that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think it's like a salad. You know, you gotta have you know your croutons. You gotta have your egg. You gotta have your cheese. Yeah, you gotta have it all. You gotta have it all. You know, yeah. if you just had a bland salad, you'd be like, oh, right. okay, this is. Well, I don't want a bland salad because I I literally rule the world, and I joke about that. I have world domination. That's my ultimate goal to have total um healthy positive world domination i want it to be contagious i want to be like every time she go into a city she changes mm. i don't know how right i need to go home and be a woman mm. that's real that's real so you can't i can't deal with a regular side because when i go home i need now i'm looking at you to tell me what to do mm. now i'm looking at walmart you're like why are you looking down at your phone somebody about to hit you with the car be stick what you doing right i was playing candy crush i need that you understand what i'm saying because Everywhere else that I go, when I show up, I have to be that force. I want to be a force at home. So you're gonna have to have a little, little bit of everything. That's you know that's 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 unique saying that because you're the, if not the first woman that are busy in her schedule, and work with the type of people that she works with, and said that she wants to come home and not do none of that and just be. I, do, I don't want to. I cook a little bit, rub some backs or something, but I want to be full on just a woman. Yeah, yeah. Let me be that. I got you. Like, and I and I mean that, like, in the deepest place ever. When I walk through the door, I want to turn it off. So you want to be in your full feminine behavior, just... They throwing that around a lot. I just want to, I just, I just want the dynamic, man. I just want him to be what he should be to me. 
so you believe in role role and i'm i'm old school okay i got you right to a certain extent i mean we gonna make the money we gonna pay the bills but just guide me somewhere and it don't have to be about what i know teach me something show me something be so i want to look at him and be like oh he got that yeah yeah okay i got you you know yeah i get you now i get but see i get it because i'm you know old school you know i'm the older too so i don't know this is what i've learned a lot of these younger guys, as long as they got the money, they feel like that makes them that provider, that protected, and it don't. Right. But they feel like it does, so they, they say, oh, we want traditional, too, or, like, they stop the woman from paying the bills, and I was like, I never necessarily said that completely, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to get this money. Right. Like, you, what I do for a living, but it's got to be so, I don't I don't want to be riding the car in the, in the tire pop and neither one of us know what to do. Mm. I got you. And you don't got to fix it, but you got to be resourceful enough to make it happen. Yeah. And I, like, I don't want the lights to go out and you not know how to get to the breaker. He's looking at you. Like, I just, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to come in and tell you this, this, and this when I come into the house. I don't, I don't, I don't desire that at all. I want to come to the house and be like, well, are you, only thing I'm worried about when I wake up is, are you good? Because couples don't do that enough. They wake up and they take care of everything and everybody else. Nobody's saying, what can I do to make how your you? day yeah. better? How yeah. will you be better today, right? Um, but outside that, I go to work, and he can come out there and support me or whatever. And But when I get in the house, I want to know he got it. So basically, security. Yeah, you, security. Security. Protector, provi- provided don't always just mean money. He got to provide something for me. Look, I've had, I've seen monsters. I've seen grief. I've seen hardship. Mm-hmm. I'm no means trying to be there for myself. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, provision doesn't mean money. No. Right? Because I know most of women now, nowadays, they make more money than they mean anyway. Well, I can show you or teach you how to get some money. You see what I'm saying? Boom. You know what I'm saying? Y'all getting it together. That's, oh, yeah. about, that's about resources, right? Correct. I understand the idea of resource, resources in ways that other people don't. A lot of black men don't have access to the resources that a black woman's going to have. Yes, right. Or a white woman's going to have, or a white man's going to have. It's just not going to have it, right? They're going to have a trade before they have the resource. Right. Right? Um, so if you're a woman coming in, you should be able to help with the resource. But at the same time, I know a lot of men who do it too, like not knocking anybody. But at the same time, I think you got to know. Some people just want the money and they don't care about the rest of that stuff. I can't speak for all women mm-hmm. and all men. I can say what I want. I can say I go out and run the world and deal with crisis and people and brands and A-list egos every day. Yeah. When I come home, I don't really want to have to do that. I you got know you. Besides, you just, I don't want to do that, right? I want to be full woman in your presence. I'm good. I'm a full, what y'all, is it? Y'all hear that, fellas? Full woman. I want to be a full woman. So when y'all see it with Jay Prince, look, it's okay to walk <laughs> up to him and be like, Yeah, man, Dr. Nelson, They're not going to give you no problems, man. <laughs> None of that. They'd be like, you be with BMF, you be with Jay Prince, you be with all that. I was like, they would be happy to see you. They would be like, are you here for her? Because she was, come on. Would you, you would you date a celebrity? Because, you know, like you said, they, their egos are inflated now. I'm from that sector, and everybody knows that I do. I um, I don't want to pretend like I don't have, you know, people, like, trying to date me or asking me out. I try to stay away from my, the, the celebrity world. I just try to stay away from One, because I, and this is not for, for anyone that I've named, mm-hmm. let me be clear. But a lot of these people, I tell them what to say, what to do, what to dress, how to act, how that swag's supposed to go, how they treat their girlfriend. I send the flowers. I write the notes. I do all of those things. Oh, and wow. I know that they're not who they say they are. Mm. There are few people that are who they say they are. I got what you <laughs> it's, it's all a facade. Yeah. That's the problem with 
entertainment in the industry. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of those people aren't on my caliber. I don't want to date a man that I can't talk to. And the same thing, listen, I tell them that. I be like, what do you talk to her about after y'all? And they be like, stop. Because she don't have. Right. There's nothing here. Right? Um, and all that other stuff is good, but like, what are you, I need to be able to talk to you. And you don't necessarily have to be on my level, but can I at least have a conversation with you? Most of them that I've met. <laughs> they can't tell you. Did you see the news today? The news still come on? Yes. Yeah, they, they're not in a, they're not in a. Or they doped out or drugged out. Reality or world. Or they drunk or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you can't really have a grip on you. I am you. And it's a problem. I, I see a lot of brands, and I'm like, and literally people will come and be like, them your words, because they're used to the way that I talk, the way I move, and okay. a celebrity will say it. So I stay out of that sector. I also stay out of that sector because I'm so respected in it and how I can move around it, right? I got you. That and makes sense. And not with the rappers, with the women, meaning girlfriends be like, they could walk in the room and see me in the room with whoever, and they be like, oh, she ain't, she ain't mess with her. You understand what I'm saying? And that will stop you from growing because once the wife or the girlfriends or the women you get a tag you got the tag yeah that's in true. that industry yeah you know forever. forever so for me i i do my best to stay away from if i meet the person in the industry and like is yeah but for me as of now i have not seen heard felt touched nothing <laughs> in the industry that would you ever run for politics they're oh. asking me to because you seem to me this is to me you seem like a politician, but a politician with a heart. I've been around Congresswoman Lee too long. So, a politician, because I'm thinking if she if she would have won a mayorship, I'm pretty sure you'd probably been a chief of staff. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I should. I would have been. Yeah. Um, which she came into the race really late. No disrespect to John, I've worked with him on the Sandra Bland project. Mm. A lot of people don't know that's who authored um, those all of the articles around Sandra Bland. That was John. Oh, wow. So okay. I'm a, we don't have a bad mayor. Let me be clear. Um, you might be over there with John. I might check you I out mean, over John there. John knows he can call me if we doing anything impactful. I, I try to stay away from the, you know, all of the tags and, and whatever. I'm for right. Yeah. Um, a lot of, it, there's not a lot of people for right anymore. You know, everybody's got, I'm liberal, I'm whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm Republican, I'm Democrat. For me, I'm for right. So if you're doing something to impact this earth that is righteous, I want to be there. I want to align with that. Um, but a lot of people have been asking me, you got to be in politics, you got to run. I've had, you know, because I've worked, Obama Foundation, I've done things with them, White, um, White House negotiations team, I've done that, you know. So um, I've consulted. So a lot of people ask me, would I get into politics? Right now, no, because the climate of the world is crazy. You see that with the celebrities being brought down, the yeah. politicians. You see you see a shift in the earth happening right now. I want to see where that shift is going because mm -hmm. one person can't do it. And a lot of people think you can. You need a community. Yeah. I don't ever want to find myself on the wrong side of politics and making th being a part of things that um, I know that's not good for everyone or and i know you can't get it perfect but at least close and where i see politics especially in texas right now is not where i want to be yeah especially well i ain't gonna say that Ooh, uh -oh. i'm not so i've been waiting <laughs> on you to get into the celebrity sector asking what you think about this celebrity how they gonna fix it i've been waiting Nah, because all right so i don't like i don't like salacious stuff you. you see what i'm saying i'm not a salacious person you should be i'm more of a person that how can we impact the community and move forward as a right. people because the thing is you know and everybody that knows me they know that you know i talk about economics all the time Come on, i talk now. about empowerment uh -huh. i talk about therapy now 
I talk about business. Yeah. I talk about. Shout out to annual leisure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Financial literacy, yeah. stuff like that, because I'm like, okay, the only way we're going to make an impact. We change. We need money. Yeah. Right? Big time. We need In money. And I always preach this. Um, how the deficit, the financial deficit in this country is, it's like from a, a $96 trillion uh, endowment that is dispersed. On minorities, I'm not even saying blacks, minorities only get 0.8% of that. That's right. So I'm like... So you got to start asking yourself why. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, man, we, we having the wrong conversation. I don't care what Diddy's doing. They ain't making no money. I need, look... That uh, I just told you what the problem with that is. A lot of these celebrities... Is someone like me behind the scenes that paints you a picture, mm-hmm. and that's why the one percent exists because you can't paint a picture for the one percent. Is like I don't care what they doing. My focus is here. Everyone else, they take that picture. Right. They're on shade room. They're on yeah. TV. They're researching it. Their your emotions are completely shifted from you working on your brand today and you into that, and now you've been talking about it for three hours when today was the day you were supposed to start whatever right. you were gonna do. My focus. Day. This is my focus. That Houston, I'm in Houston. Okay. Houston has an expansion project for the I-45 from Galveston all the way to the city of that's Houston. Right. $1.4 trillion. That's right. Right? And it's going to go through John Whitmire's office, right? That's right. Contracts. So I'm like, okay, how can we get some of this money? Fort Bend has, they just approved, don't quote me, about a half a, a, half a billion for something they're working on over there. The money's in the, in the economy. That's what I'm, 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 I'm focused on that. that. I'm focused on the money. I'm focused on how can we get these minority companies and how we can JV them, joint venture, or how can we get them as subcontractors or get some of these people to work. And it could be anybody because it's enough money out there for it is. everybody. It is. Trillions of dollars. crabs in a bucket. And I'm like, right. why we, I don't care about that. I'm like, I talk about contracting all the time. I'm talking about how can we get in, how can we, have a seat at the table just to make like like you talk about the Samaritan table and how you you know you uh, you got to teach it so you, I get it so you see what I'm saying what you're doing is is the most impactful thing you can do right nothing is better than a voice and if you talk about it enough and it spreads enough then hopefully it, it hits the right ear so yeah it's like in the church it's like a seed that's it you if plant you, the if seed you can plant that seed you plant the seed and it grows like that tree I gotta get and out of here fruit, I, I, um, everybody I ain't gonna preach no more. I'm out of here, man. So look, to me. <laughs> so Shatana, how can people get involved in some of the uh, the philanthropy work that you're doing? Okay, so you can find me on all social media platforms. It's either Shatana J Nelson or either Doctor Shatana J Nelson on all social media. If social media exists, that's where I am. Um, my website is um, shatanajnelson.com. You can find me there. And I do my best to be pretty receptive. It'll take me a while to get through some of the inbox, but I will probably answer you. Mm-hmm. But most of the things I'm getting ready to do, I'm going to post it. If you follow my main pages, you will see Paradigms of Hope, which is the name of my nonprofit. I also have the Shatana J. Nelson Foundation, but that's structured strictly towards civil rights. Um, and anything that I'm doing or that my clients are doing, I post it in in enough time for everybody to see. I'm not the kind of person that gatekeeps um I want us all to experience things, especially in the community. So if you pay attention to me and you're following me, you will see it. That's it. Guys, look, man, y'all heard it here. Look, y'all look. The conversation, the conversation, look, has been super, super, super impactful. The thing is, all you got to do is listen, right? We, we, we've talked about everything we need to talk about. It's up to you if you're going to get it, right? Absolutely. And I know, you know, uh, Doc up here, you know, she's very busy, you know, and I, and I appreciate you coming up here.
remember, what's the term you use? Wounded. Uh, winning wounded. We're winning wounded. Winning wounded. That's right. I like that. I'm, it's a book. It's a lot of things coming called Wounded. I might take that. You, you, nah, you, you can take it. I mean, I'm still going to produce mine. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, right? <laughs> Nah, but man, look, I appreciate you guys tuning in, man. Y'all already know this is your boy DJ KO. Much love to my sponsors, much love to my partnerships. And look, make sure that you get with somebody that has a like mind, like mindset. Make sure that y'all pray for each other. Make sure that y'all impact each other so y'all can impact y'all community. And then you pack your you impact your community, they can impact somebody else can impact another community. And now it's like wildfire. That's right, it's contagious. So look, before we get out of here, we have a word of the day, right? Uh-oh. I want you to give the word, just any word that comes to your spirit. Give the word of the day. Not a word like a passage, just a word. Uh, it could be a single word. Okay. A single word. Elevation. Yep. Elevation. 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 There we go. How about a, how about the freestyle on that? Nah, nah, I ain't But guys, I appreciate you tuning in, man. Look. You know where to find us, Coastly Distinct. We're everywhere. Just Google it. We're just we're everywhere, man. Look, much love and the word of the day is elevation. elevation. There we go. Much love to y'all. Peace out. <laughs>